idea that you have to stay in your house is, is disturbingly close to house arrest. I'm not saying it wasn't justified. I'm not saying in some places it might be still justified. But it's very onerous, as is shutting down your livelihood. So these are very, very uh, burdensome uh, impingements on liberty. I like That's somebody saying The Attorney saying that. General of the United States. I like somebody saying that, and the Attorney General is the one you want to say it. But right. somebody needs to say, like, every single day, this is necessary. I think we all agree on it. I don't know what else we would have done, but this is really not good and really a big deal. And we really, really don't want to get used to doing this sort of thing. Let's not. Yeah, that's what annoyed me so much about that Anderson Cooper interview with the mayor of Las Vegas we played. He was just so, so smugly unwilling to even consider that this is not what we want to do. We have been allegedly, and we'll only history will tell, but we have been forced into doing something that is repugnant to our national character, and it would be nice if y'all in power would go ahead and pay tribute to that on a regular basis so the sheeple don't start to think, well, if the government tells us we've got to stay in our homes, we'll just go ahead and obey. Because that's just, oh, my God, that makes me boil. Now, you're at home, so I assume you have your own coffee. I do. I do. I'm at Quite work delicious. Where, I'm at work where we do not have coffee today, which makes me very, very angry. One, because if, you, if you're a caffeine addict and you don't get your caffeine, it puts you on edge. Mm, two, I've never noticed. Two. Be even more careful with the eye contact today, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> danger, danger. Two, we had a coffee machine that worked perfectly good, but they got rid of it for something fancy and complicated, and now it doesn't work! And the other one worked fine! But you, you can know get how a mo- often the other one didn't work? Effing never! Well, you couldn't get a mocha latte out of the, uh, the other one. Yeah, the other one didn't make chocolate milk milkshake hot chocolate mocha frappuccino whipped cream thingies. It only made coffee, but it always <laughs> worked! And now it's gone, and the new one doesn't work, and I need some coffee. Well, how'd that uh, that high sugar out of the the, the freezer thing work out for you? So Hanson, who has a child's tastes for coffee. (laughs) Child? (laughs) You child? Our executive producer, he drinks these various Starbucks thingies from the machine, and they've got this sweet, creamy, latte, donut shop, coffee shot things. These things are, I can't handle them. First of all, they're way too sugary. But I took one sip, and it was like I'd had ten cups of coffee. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's not good for your metabolism or your heart or anything else. You know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna. What's a Keurig machine, the cheapest Keurig machine cost? Fifty bucks? Mm, it's a little more than that. But... I'm going to buy one, and I'm going to bring in here, but and I'm going to plug it in. they always work. Yeah, they always work. I'm going to bring in here, and I'm going to plug it in, and I'm going to see if anybody notices. Just like you. Didn't you bring in the toaster, Sean? Uh, no, but I complained about it on air, and then a manager bought one. So maybe this will have a similar effect. <laughs> so I'll just oh, bring I've, I've brought in toasters through the years. Yeah, why don't you? Go ahead. I'll just plug Absolutely. one in somewhere, and all you need is water and power, and you have freaking coffee. Looking or like you can wander down the street and score you some meth. That'll a little pick me up. By the way, the drug cartels are really struggling during the coronavirus lockdown. More on that to come. Yeah, eventually. you say buy a little meth. Back in the day, you know, pre-corona, PC. I could have, uh, I guess people are actually are saying BC regularly before Corona as like hmm. kind of a shorthand for things. BC, I could have walked outside of the, the, the building and found somebody who would have sold me some meth, but all those people are gone. Where did the street people go? There haven't been enough reports on that. Excellent question. Enough journalism on that. Where did they actually go? And, and why aren't they there? Bef- why weren't they there before? And can they stay there wherever it is they are? 
I like the uh, the meme. I was about to make a silly joke, and it reminded me of the meme that uh, the coronavirus is fake. The government's just changing the batteries and all the birds. Because <laughs> the birds are, as you know, the government drones to observe us. Changing the batteries and all the birds. Right. Oh, yeah. Like there are just feathered animals that are capable of flight. They're government drones, you naive fools. How come there have, well, well, there's all kinds of reasons. We've talked about uh, the declining state of journalism over the years, but there needs to be some really good long-form reporting on where did the homeless people go? Uh, they're, they're hunkered down in their tents, I guess. And you know what? And this is, you know, all right, I don't want to be smug like Anderson Cooper, but where the bums and junkies are getting the corona is in the, the shelters. Or in the, uh, what do you call them? I guess homeless shelters, yeah. Are they staying in the shelters because they're worried about coronavirus? Or or in some places they've forced them into it, off the streets for their own good. And am I... Now they're getting the Chinese bat fever. And am I guilty of confusing beggars with the homeless, which are different things, a different crowd? Um, uh, I've known a few homeless people you never would see out and about. They're not really out and about... Uh, in a public way that you would notice. No, they don't beg on intersections. Those are people who just don't want to work, but they want money for drugs. I can believe that beggars are not begging because there aren't enough people around handing out money. So maybe that's what's it going on be. there. Yeah. But yeah. around here, around our building here, the, 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 I used to see 15 before I would get into the door. Uh, between where I pulled off the interstate and walked in the door. People on bikes, walking around with shopping carts, the whole th- that whole thing. Now yeah, I meth see, dealers coming back from the rounds on their bicycles. Now I see zero. Zero every day. There was that corner where there zero. was a legit little like camping thing starting to just set up and expand for it was a week and a half, two weeks. Every couple days there was another tent there. Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of excited to see how big it would get. But then the mall closed down and uh Is it a byproduct of less people to to ask for money from? It's it I guess. Although the guy with the shopping cart stumbling down the street, I don't think he's asking people for money. Right, right. No, no. Are there less cans to pick up? Is that it? I don't know. Well, there's, there's got to be a serious answer to this question. Uh, maybe Trump's rounding, rounding them up and putting them in camps. For years and years, I see a dozen to 15 people a morning, and now it's zero. Where did they blank and go? <laughs> I, I don't know. Does anybody know? Can and they can, stay there. And could I pay you a dollar to go get me some coffee? <laughs> um, our text line, if you actually have an answer to this, is 415-295-KFTC, because I would like to know that. 415-295-KFTC. And part of me thinks wherever you've gone, is there any way you can stay there? <laughs> um, yeah, no kidding. Uh, they've got a new person to put goat horns on for who caused this whole mess. Yes. Uh, well, China caused the whole mess. Let's never forget that. But um, uh, our response to it in the United States being slower than it should have been, well, it's the HH Secretary Alex Azar, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, uh, I know the, the, the Trump-hating media wants to always make, its Trump, make it Trump's fault, uh, and maybe you'd blame Trump for hiring this guy, but the Wall Street Journal, great piece today. I think you will find this very interesting. We'll dig into it next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. SpaceX with another uh, rocket launch. So the coronavirus hasn't slowed them down. They launched a, uh, a new batch of 60 Starlink satellites into orbit yesterday. Fantastic. 60 satellites on a single rocket. What a great time to be alive, other than the Chinese bat fever. Unless you don't have coffee. I just sent somebody to Starbucks. Not having coffee at a radio station <laughs> is like not having gasoline at a NASCAR track. It's right. Just, what are you doing? <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. What are you trying to do here? I offered Jack tea, but he uh, he did not take. I don't own a cat, so I said no. <laughs> uh, Patricia Dowd is her name. Patricia Dowd, 57-year-old uh, woman, first person to die of coronavirus in the United States. We now know who it was. Dropped dead in her kitchen. Uh, when did she die? Uh, February 6th. That's not the first person that died of corona. Not even a chance. Not a well, chance. It's the first person that's been identified at this point. And yeah. that's a full three weeks earlier than the person they thought was the first person to die of corona. Right. And yeah, I would agree. They'll dig up people. There's going to be more stories like this every couple weeks. I, I shouldn't say dig up people. That's a wrong choice. Yeah, that, would be, that would be macabre and useless. <laughs> it's not needed. <laughs> um, they will uncover people that who died in January, I'm certain. Uh, probably in the Bay Area of California that... Um, that could, I say November. Oh, really? Boy, that I, would absolutely, be something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I depend story. on the health professionals who correspond with the Armstrong and Getty Show, generally via email, mailbag at Armstrong and Getty, who have said, listen, November and December, we had a weird flu going through the emergency rooms. We were packed with respiratory patients, packed beyond capacity, and now we're empty. These are in Northern California, in particular, hospitals. This is a, a healthy... And they lost some of those patients, obviously. And if you did dig them up, the Jack Armstrong plan, um, I think you would probably find several of them were COVID-19 victims. Yeah, this was a healthy 57-year-old uh, auditor in Silicon Valley um, and developed flu-like symptoms and died in her kitchen. And uh, she hadn't been out of the country, and so that would mean that she got it somewhere, you know, from somebody hanging out, just living their life. And so now they believe lots of people had it around the Bay Area much, much earlier, as Joe was just saying. I also believe she worked for a semiconductor company making computer chips. Uh, Even if she didn't specifically go to China, those companies tend to do a lot of business and travel to China quite quite a lot, so she could have come into contact with some people. Okay, so so this kind of leads to this Wall Street Journal story today that I find pretty interesting. I saw uh, some Trump-hating media going through a timeline yesterday trying to uh, make it all about Trump and his response, and I'm fine. Any articles or books that want to be written about the Trump administration's response to this, you know, in the future to try to figure out how to be better is, is all right with me. But uh, they left out this stuff from the Wall Street Journal today. Health chief's early missteps set back coronavirus response. I'll just read it to you because I thought it was pretty interesting. On January 29th, so we now know this was a week before the first person that has been identified as, as dead died from the coronavirus. On January 29th, HHS Secretary Alex Azar told President Trump the coronavirus epidemic was under control. That was on January 29th. So if you wonder why Trump was going out there saying that, the secretary of the department that's supposed to know about that told him everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what else you would do as president unless you were going to go out there with a swab and do your own independent investigations. 
Well, the answer is hire better people. Yeah, I get I that. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a reasonable answer. It is. And, and we'll all have a vote on it in November. Oh, yeah, and, and, and looking into why he hired this guy and his, and his background, I'm fine with that. Brownie, you're doing a hell of a job. You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't a good choice. I don't know. The U.S. government had never mounted a better interagency response to a crisis, Mr. Azar told the president, in a meeting held eight days after the U.S. announced its first case, according to administration officials who were there at the time. At the time, the administration's focus was on containing the virus. When other officials asked about diagnostic testing, uh, the director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention began to answer. Mr. Azar cut him off in the meeting, telling the president, it's the fastest we've ever created a test, the officials recalled, and that more than one million tests would be available within weeks. Again, this is the end of January. Millions of tests will be available in weeks, he said. Old Alex Azar better be freshening up his resume. And, and perhaps hiring a lawyer. You never know how these things work. Uh, that didn't happen, obviously, the millions of tests within a week. The CDC began shipping tests the following week, only to discover a flaw that forced it to recall the tests from state public health laboratories because they, uh, they didn't work. Uh, when White House advisors later in February criticized Mr. Azar for the delays caused by the recall, he lashed out at the CDC director, Dr. Redfield, who you will remember he had cut off in that meeting and not even allowed him to answer the question. And said, you misled me on the timing of the fix. Did you lie to me? One of the officials recalled him yelling in a meeting. That was uh, fairly tense. Uh, Six weeks after that January 29th meeting, the federal government declared a national emergency, issued new guidelines that effectively closed down the country. Mr. Azar, who had been at the center of the decision-making from the outset, was eventually sidelined because they decided he didn't have any idea what he was talking about. Oh, you know, that may be, and this dude may indeed be perfectly fitted for the goat's horns, although I'm, you know, his scene there yelling, did you lie to me, blah, blah, blah. It just reminds me of the problem of every giant bureaucracy. Nobody wants to pass bad news upward. So is Azar getting bad info from his executive director of whatever the heck? Interviews with more than two dozen administration officials. That's the way you do it, NBC. You interview a whole bunch of different people. Uh, interviews with more than two dozen administration officials and others involved in the government's coronavirus effort show that Mr. Azar waited for weeks to brief the president on the threat, oversold his agency's progress in the early days, and didn't coordinate effectively across healthcare divisions under his purview. One nameless source is fine for us, signed the New York Times. The ramp-up of the nation's diagnostic testing for the disease caused by the coronavirus which we all agree is uh, is critical, has been slower than promised and hampered by obstacles. As of Wednesday, more than 4 million government and private lab tests had been administrated. Wow. So Azar said we'd have a million tests done within a week at the mm-hmm. end of January. Wow. We're so now that's why the, Trump was saying that. We're now in the, yeah. And we're now in the middle of April, and there have been 4 million in the whole country. By the way, Hampered by Obstacles is the title of the fourth volume of my autobiography. <laughs> covers ages 23 to 27. Jeez, that's kind of a song I hummed myself all day long. I'm hampered. A full volume obstacles. of your book only covers four years? <laughs> yeah, the fourth volume. Yeah, He's yeah. like that guy from I'm always talking about from Norway who's written a, a book called Mein Kampf. Uh, it's a story of his life, and he's got, it's like t- 12 volumes. He's just a regular guy, too. And it's one of the biggest-selling books in world history. But Joe, Joe is doing the same sort of thing. Like It's exhaustive two and e- exhausting. Two years of your life, a thousand pages. <laughs> right. There you go. Right. And this yeah. one is called Hampered by Obstacles. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and then, 
I couldn't get to the windshield wipers to work. Right. I show up to the windshield store. They're closed. It's 510. Why are you closed at 510? Oh, a whole chapter on the whole windshield wiper incident. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, anyway, so... Back the, to kicking Alex Azar. The, the article goes on and on along these lines. But, um, yeah, so I suppose you can figure out what Azar's background is, how he ended up getting hired, and all that sort of different things. But he was giving the president bad information, as was the CDC, who was getting some of their information from Azar. And you had a whole bunch of people telling uh, people above them the things that weren't true. Which happens in bureaucracies all the time. In fact, that's the most common thing to happen in a bureaucracy, as you pointed out. That's absolutely right. That's one of the diseases you just get when you build a bureaucracy. Now, listen, politically speaking, as I said, the argument might be one of the primary things a president does is hire a cabinet. And if you do a bad job at that, well, you don't get reelected. So I suppose we'll we'll get together in November and have a vote. Uh, But that's, you know, that explains a lot. Oh, boy, you'd like to think your zillions of dollars of tax money would do better than this, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Well, yeah, yeah. you would. So does flatulence spread the coronavirus, Jack? Stay tuned for that critical what? report. What? An aggressive scent. That's- <clears throat> I've also got something completely non-related to this whole mess about parents being surveyed on the toughest questions they've answered from their children. Wow. On a variety of topics, it's pretty good. And speaking of children, Kmart has pulled a book based on the movie Frozen because it is filled with uh, accounts of sex toys and positions. What? Which is probably not what you want for your eight-year-old What? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was perusing the text during the commercial break, and uh, so many of them start with, Hey, dumbass, or Jack, you idiot, or Hmm. Hey, moron. Um, But anyway, this one came across. no way to uh, open the lines of communication. Yeah, it is amazing how many of them there are, though. Hmm. Uh, But this one starts with, uh, Good morning, gentlemen. I'm a fag for more than 10 years that's friend of armstrong and getty mm. anyway he says he works in a native american casino in southern california pretty soon pretty sure he and his friends had the bat flu way back in december maybe you did maybe you didn't but that's an interesting thing for people to look into over the years but signs off with you guys are fabulous kttfm which might be a, a new sign off that stands for keep taking that fauci money as, as somebody said yesterday, you guys are in the pocket of Fauci. Yes. <laughs> Somehow we're paying off, being paid off by big pandemic to spout lies, apparently. <laughs> Honey, has there been a deposit in our bank account lately? From a nope, guy named the Fauci, Fauci money still hasn't appeared. Keep taking that Fauci money. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm going to run through a bunch of headlines really quickly here. We can uh, digress and discuss as desired or just keep moving on. Shocking uh, story from the New York Times. And uh, uh, shockingly enough, the New York Times is starting to come around to this notion. Instead of coronavirus, the hunger will kill us. A global food crisis looms. Oh, boy. And and they're talking about there could be 300 million people facing acute hunger by the end of the year. Now, that's not the phony, baloney Department of Agriculture liberal numbers of food insecurity. Have you once in the last year been concerned that you might not have enough for the next meal or a, a meal ever? Uh, that's food insecurity. Hey, I'm, um, I'm sorry, but I can't. Uh, I don't have time 
for another giant global crisis. So I'm, I'm kind of full with the whole pandemic and uh, economic crisis. So worldwide famine, I just I don't have room for that. You know what? That's smart. You have to learn to say no in life, Jack. So you have no time for global starvation. Uh, not only do you have uh, giant interruptions in food uh, production and supply, you got the giant locust problem in Africa and all these peeps. I don't know if you know much about the third world. They don't have six months salary in the bank. They barely got enough to fo- uh, money to feed them today. So, again, the lockdowns may kill many, many times more people than the coronavirus. Boy, that'd be an interesting result, wouldn't it? Now, the smug and those who enjoy leaping to conclusions will say, well, this whole coronavirus thing is phony. we got to open up. No, it could be we're stuck between, follow me now, a rock and a hard place, which is a hell of a place to be. Oh, which reminds me, it's Shakespeare's birthday. We're supposed to be throwing in Shakespeare quotes. You got something for us? Yeah. You're positive, Sean? Sure. Uh, our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Say, say it oh, again slowly so for good. an idiot. Yep. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Hmm. There you go. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, paraphrasing of the old failure doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, stop you. Fear of failure stops you. Right. There are people who failed over and over again. They keep plugging and they succeed. They're often the most successful people. That's right. That's right. Uh, I've let's got see. the failure part down. Next step, success. Hey, baby steps, Sean. (laughs) Kmart has urgently pulled a frozen product. Not like, you know, they've subjected meat to the cold until it's hard. Let it go. That's the one. That's the one. Yes. We're on to Frozen uh, 2, which we watch regularly. but uh, Too much singing. Too much singing in Frozen 2. They fell in love with the idea of the song. Yeah. A mom has expressed disbelief after Kmart Children's product, based on the Disney movie Frozen 2, um, the my secret... Kids, my kids were actually rooting for Elsa to stay frozen by the end of the show, because <laughs> there was too much singing. The Elsa Frozen 2 Secret Diary Makeover set, she bought it, uh, this woman, Tony Alano, Alamos, uh, for her daughter's birthday, uh, and she flipped through it just for fun before she gave it to her daughter. On the first page was a comprehensive list of sex toys, positions, and locations. The uh, toys included a paddle, a a vibrator, and handcuffs. How did that happen? Kmart uh, says they are mortified by the error and insisted it be pulled from the shelves. Uh, Um, This does not in any way reflect our views as a family business. We're investigating this situation as a priority. Uh, this is uh, this is an unfortunate error. Oh, you didn't want the list of sex toys in the Frozen Two Child's product. You wanted it in. Oh, dang it! This I'm is so an unfortunate sorry. error. Yeah, no kidding. I would say it is hard to explain, uh, and they don't actually explain it, Jack, because journalism is dead. Yes, I would like to know how the hell does that happen? Is it in a million copies? Is it just in this copy? But of course, they don't tell you that good god yeah i know i know can you pass the covid uh, through flatulence hard fart primary childish michael childish um there is uh, some fear and this where did that go it just disappeared Oh, uh, there is some fear that gosh dang it i can't believe it that yes because covid can be shed through your digestive system, 
Um, and, and let's let's be grown-ups here in your papoo um, that, yes, these doctors who were emergency, Australian emergency physicians who are asking this question says, listen, um, we are fortunate that we wear a mask over our hind end all the time. Mm. Pants, well, we short, should, dresses, anyway. underwear, other garments, etc., um, I think what we should do in terms of social distancing and being safe is that don't don't flatulate close to other people and don't do that's it with a, your hind end bared. That's a good rule of thumb pre pre coronavirus. I mean, it's just never you don't <laughs> need to flatulate near people and don't do it with a completely bare end. <laughs> Certainly not. Jeez, the thanks quest- for that advice. The question: be- You're not a doctor, Jack. The question is. Can the bottom-based emissions of someone with the coronavirus infect? So the doctor I'm pondered... I'm backless chaps right now. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor pondered whether flatulence itself is an aerosol-generating procedure. And his determination is, yes, potentially it is. And, and they mentioned it. And listen, uh, this is serious. A recent study, in fact, suggested a post-flush toilet plume, now there's a lovely phrase, uh, could even be the cause for concern when it spreads, uh, comes to spreading the coronavirus really? virus via aerosolized feces. Post-flush toilet plume. Right, and then it, it, it plumes up into the air, right, and, then, and then you walk in, you breathe it in, and then, then, you, then you get the Chinese bat fever. Wow. Mount Sinai South Nassau epidemiologist and professor of medicine, uh, Dr. Aaron E. Glatt, is, says studies have shown clearly that a significant percentage of COVID nineteen, I'm sorry, COVID nineteen patients do have GI symptoms, gastrointestinal yeah. symptoms. Was well, there anything that could be done about that though? Clothe your hind end. Yeah, well, I, I am wearing bottomless chaps as I mentioned. <laughs> hey, Dollar Shave Club, dude! Are. Dollar Shave Club. Oh, oh easy! Wow. Wow. So just, you know, I, I wanted you all to be aware of that. So no more public restrooms. This is what this means, right? You know, Michael. We're, we're practically there already. My son, who has, uh, has, uh, has issues, he had to go the other day. They're, they're, good luck finding a bathroom if you're out and about now. It's almost oh. impossible. You really? Know, well, any of your go-tos, like restaurants or anything like that, they're uh, Starbucks, anything like that, they're yeah. all closed. You mm. know, drive throughs are available, but bathroom, good luck finding a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. So I want to do a little more on what the Attorney General Barr has been saying about this thing. He he did an, an interview um, with another radio show uh, in which he said some really interesting things and great things. Of course, the stupid, stupid Internet is acting as if he's just way out of line, but he's expressing the fact that we must remember at every moment that we're giving away a lot of liberties to fight the Chinese bat fever, and and we have to be very careful about that. So we'll get that. I like the sound of that, and I can combine that. This would be a perfect twofer with uh, parents being surveyed on the toughest questions they've answered from their children. These are both good things coming up. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
idea that you have to stay in your house is, is disturbingly close to house arrest. I'm not saying it wasn't justified. I'm not saying in some places it might be still justified. But it's very onerous, as is shutting down your livelihood. So these are very, very uh, burdensome uh, impingements on liberty. Very burdensome impingements on liberty. There's a heck of a lot of attention uh, being paid to the Attorney General online, mostly because anybody left of Mitt Romney despises him and because they just are knee-jerk against everything he says. But he said a heck of a lot more than that. Uh, He was talking to our colleague, Hugh Hewitt, who uh, I don't trust him because his last name and first name are like the same. Um. All right, stop it. Hang on a second. I got a stupid autoplay video thing obscuring me. Um, He was asked whether federal and state authority over the coronavirus had collided and said something I think um, are worth saying. Well, they can be intention, intention, and there are potentials for collision. I think you know when a governor acts, obviously states have very broad police powers. When a governor acts, especially when a government governor does something that intrudes upon or infringes on a fundamental right or a constitutional right, they're bounded by that. And those situations are emerging around the country to some extent. And I think we have to do a better job of making sure that the measures are that are being adopted are properly targeted. They can also run into the federal role under the Commerce Clause and the so-called Dormant Commerce Clause. We do have a national economy, which is the responsibility of the federal government. Well, I would disagree to some extent, but... Uh, so it is possible the governor, governors will take measures that impair interstate commerce. And just where that line is drawn, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, Hewitt then asked Barr if he had seen any state infringe on national commerce uh, in a way that could trigger the DOJ, and he said not yet. Later, he pressed Barr on the possibility of litigation in federal courts against state restrictions. Um. And then he says, essentially, we're we're trying to jawbone the governors into rolling back stuff that's uh, excessive. We're not uh, bringing lawsuits and and that sort of thing yet. We need to uh, we need to talk about it. Uh, let's see, where does he get to the stuff about our rights? But uh, the long and short of it is, the left is going crazy online, uh, reacting to Bill Barr saying. Um, that a lot of these uh, restrictions are very close to home imprisonment. And that if you try to enforce them in a significant way, you can't just say, well, it's because of the disease. No, 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 no. You've got to be a hell of a lot more buttoned up before you assign people house arrest because there's a sickness out there. And this is an argument, I think, that is going to emerge into the public square uh, this week or next week in a very, very loud way. Hmm. That'll be fun to follow. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it, it should Heck again, yeah. again. The the clamoring to be led to safety has been a feature of politics uh, from the beginning, and the desire to fulfill that clamoring has been the excuse of dictators and and excessively controlling regimes to take away your rights from the beginning of time. So I appreciate the attorney general bringing that up. Uh, parents were surveyed on a completely different topic from the economy or the virus. Parents were surveyed and revealed the toughest questions they've answered from their children. And uh, most of these uh, ring true to me. Poll of 2,000 parents. I'll count up from number nine. What does love mean? Kids have not asked that. Uh, number eight. Why can't I stay up as late as you? My kids have asked that. That's on the hard questions? 
That's not a very hard question. That's an effortless question. Well, a lot of questions for me, the, 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 the quick short answer is because I'm a grown-up. Because I told you to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown-up and you're not. Children need more sleep than adults, and your sleep's important. Go to bed. Why is the sky blue is always a good one. Oh. Because it ain't purple. No, number six is what does fill an expletive mean? <laughs> we had the one the other day. This was back when school was still in session where Sam, who's 10, asked, what does hoe mean? <laughs> Because some kids were calling other kids a hoe, and then apparently a teacher told them not to say that. Uh, it's one-third of what Santa Claus says. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, exactly. 33% of uh, right. the whole Santa thing. Exactly. And a fantastic garden tool. Wow, no, it's a mm. woman who has sex with a man for money. Oh, hey! <laughs> Whoa, this is a family show. It's not actually a family show. No, uh, but, but uh, It depends yeah. on your family, I suppose. <laughs> True. What does green mean? What? As in the green economy, well, the green I'll, New Deal. I'll tell you what, if your kids are in school, they know what green means because they, they spend more time learning about that than George Washington, I guarantee right. you. Oh, they have no idea why Thomas Jefferson uh, is important, but they can tell you all about green energy. Recycling is a big deal. Uh, Constitution, not so much, but, uh, but man, man, recycling, huge, huge oh, part yeah. of America. Yep. Uh, number four, do animals get married? Hmm. Yeah, my my eight year old, and he is developmentally behind, so he's really more like a five six year old. But um, he uh, he has an interesting formation of his mind of uh, kids and being married, and and uh, and you, you have to be married to have kids, and and animals marrying each other to have kids and stuff like that. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Penguins kind of marry. Cranes do famously breed for life. Yeah, breed. Pe- that's that's. I'm sorry, they're married for life. Uh, penguins even bring like a little pebble. It's kind of like an engagement ring sort of thing. They 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 give them a stone and then they and they well, make eggs. Little boy, penguins. penguin girls are easily bought, huh? <laughs> hey, look, here's a rock. You want to get it on? How many children did of course you? Of course, humans give each other rocks. They're just shiny. How many children did you and Judy breed? Three. <laughs> we did breed three. Yes, <laughs> we were breeding mostly from the year 1992 to 99. <laughs> Not a good term. It's not very romantic. Uh, number two is where do, uh, or three, why do we have to recycle? Is this real? I don't believe this list. Number two, where do babies come from? Obvious question. And it depends on the age of the kid that's asking it and how detailed you get. Sure. And if they're, uh, depending on the age, you might get out, uh, to, you know, the, the film projector and just fully get into it. Go. Uh, best advice we ever got. We went to a little seminar on this. It was very good. Give them, give them the very basics. If they want more information, they'll ask for it. Hmm. Number one is Santa real. Yep, that's a common one. The, the Santa, Easter Bunny, those those kind of things. Of course. Um, of course he is. And then the follow-up question, why did you lie to me all these years? Yeah, why are you a liar? Should I ever believe anything you ever say again, you liar? Said no child ever in the history of mankind. It's it's like a parallel to the whole busybody, overeducated suburban college women who decide some other culture will be offended by the Easter egg hunt or the St. Patrick's Day parade or whatever. So the campaign to have it ended. Don't call Christmas break Christmas break anymore. Well, by the same token, th- th- those who've like never had children are the most hardcore about that. Your children will believe you've lied to them. No, <laughs> no Sam, that's not the way culture works. Sam has aged out of uh, Easter Bunny and Santa and that sort of stuff. And, of course, he said, you've stolen my childhood. That's what How he said when he found it. How dare you? Uh, speaking of, uh, I think you spoke of something in this. 
Muslims are what's the biggest gathering every single year in the world has been for a thousand years, practically your Hajj, um, right? Yeah, your Hajj, your your Muslims gathering together like two million people that all show up in one place. Well, that and, doesn't seem very good. Corona wise. And about every so other many. year they trample each other to death. But go on. Two million people. And, th- and this I don't want this to sound like cultural belligerence, but less less hygiene going on than certain other parts of the world. Yeah, sure. Right? Is that fair enough? Uh, probably. Probably. Uh, more than two million people expected to make this year's pilgrimage to Mecca, as they have every year since, uh, since, since, since well, forever. And um, But they're worried that Saudi Arabia will cancel it. I can't imagine that there wouldn't be a lot of bloodletting if you attempted to cancel the Hajj. Wow, yeah, I wonder what would happen. Because Muslims are called to do it once in their lives. In the West, the uh, the parallel is seeing Bruce Springsteen. you got to see him once. <laughs> You know, just to say you have. Uh, the Muslims got to go to Mecca. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. Former President. You, you, well, you, uh, I don't know how the world would stop it from happening, but two million people in close quarters. It is outdoors, more or less. But, uh, yeah, that, that, could, that could change the whole Middle East, spreading the corona around. Oh, yeah. Absolutely it could. Could be like a world event that you can point to for numbers of deaths and changing everything. Well, and man, if somebody shouts, that guy has the corona, then you got the trampling. Yeah, oh, yeah. Again. And the trampling always includes a whole bunch of people's sandals left behind. You always see those pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll bring you up on the economic news today. They got the unemployment numbers out again. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty.